0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Joining us right now is our very own, from TV.com NFL insider Jason LaCampora. Kept a little busy this week, Jason, with stuff that doesn't necessarily portend to on-field efforts, eh?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, it's the world we're living in, and, and obviously, no one is is immune from from what's going on. Um, teams, individual athletes, uh, it, it, it you know, the virus and the numbers are, are trending in an alarming direction in a lot of areas of this country, in a lot of areas in this country where um, professional football is played. So, yeah, there's um, sort of a, you know, a a daily uh, calculus going on here, you know, and um, trying to keep this thing on the tracks and, and, and trying to keep these games played at least relatively close to the date they were originally scheduled. But knowing that, from day to day and, and really at this point from hour to hour um, situations can change drastically
1: on a scale of zero to 10, zero meaning COVID what 10 meaning you better be tuned tomorrow. Cause it may be the last of the national football league you see this year. Where do you have your uh, scare to me to write about now?
2: I, I don't really know how to answer that question. You know, I, I just think it, it, it if Peter, if people way smarter than me, um, you know, infectious disease specialists, people who um, know more about the the coordinated response going on here at the various statewide and citywide levels. You know, it's just such it's just not a, it's not a football thing, you know, at, at all. Um, you know, players have kids who are going to school. Players have wives who you know might be working, or uh, you know, you could just you still go to the store, you grocery shop, you. Um, go for a walk you know the way this thing is transmitted i i, I don't know you know i i i don't know about second waves, third waves you know um temperatures are starting to drop around different parts of the country and you've got um you know uh cold and flu season around the corner i, I don't really know how to handicap it you know um I just know that every morning around 7 a.m. I'm going to start texting people, you know, with some teams in the league office, and you're going to see where the numbers are and who's dealing with what and and what's manageable and what's not. and um, You know, Howard Katz and and those people uh, over at the league office who handle scheduling are going to have early mornings and long nights trying to – figure out a way to keep this going. But knowing that positive test results are inevitable, that having to shut down facilities um, for some portion of time is going to be inevitable. Um, and, and where it goes, I, I just don't know.
1: We, when uh, last we talked we talked about Tennessee and the issues they had. Yes. Uh, and some of those were self inflicted wounds, yes. or at least it seemed that way with unscheduled workouts and get togethers and the like. Yet they come out and played maybe their best game of the year when they finally got back out onto the field. So, for those who are trying to add the COVID factor into their handicapping, I don't know if you can do that. Is that fair to say? Yeah,
2: I I just, yeah, I, I don't know how. Everyone would respond to it. You know, I don't know that it affects different people differently. Um, you know, the Bills got their schedule shifted around majorly because of this, and they didn't have an outbreak, and they didn't look like they were ready to go. you know. And, and they were sitting there Sunday afternoon um, not knowing if they were going to play on Tuesday of that week or Thursday of that week or Sunday right. of the following week. It, it seemed to actually throw them off. More than it did the Titans themselves, who clearly were using this as a motivational factor, although I don't quite understand the calculus there because they weren't following all the rules. And it's, it's not as if this happened to them and everybody there was obviously doing everything in their power to fight the spread. I mean, that's just not reality, and they know that's not reality. And the league has had conference calls and Zoom calls showing evidence from that building that that's not the reality. Um, But yet they did, you know, use it as a uh, us against the world thing. And it it seemed to work for them on that particular night. Um, They're not going to be the last team in all likelihood to to play on a Tuesday this year. Somebody might end up playing on a Wednesday. They are going to be as creative as possible um, within reason to keep this going. Um but yeah I mean that was sort of a social sociological, sociological experiment like what would this look like if a team practiced I don't know three times in 16 game 16 days and then went out and played a football game against the playoff team from a year ago um and by golly it, it it seemed to work for them oddly enough
1: Jason LaCampore, CBS NFL insider here with us on CBS Sports Radio All right let's attempt to go back on the field we always have to keep the specter of COVID-19 in our minds, but they're going to play football on Saturday, on Sunday and Monday, and uh, to maybe Tuesday as well. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs got picked off by the Raiders last week. We tip our cap to the Raiders. Good for them. Came up with a big effort. Put themselves back in the fight for playoff contention. Uh, Chiefs just didn't look like the Chiefs. And it was their first loss in almost a calendar year time. I always hear people say this. You know, sometimes a loss can be a good thing. And it always brings me to a stop and say, all right, got to figure out how they can actually make this claim. What's your take to that? Can there be bad losses, or good losses, excuse me?
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I think they were – you couldn't even really remember the last time they lost a game, right? And not that they brought their A game every single week. I mean, even in the Super Bowl. They were getting whacked around pretty good into the third quarter, but that when they found their gear and that gear always seemed to be there when they needed it, that when they found it, they they would ride it until they won, and they weren't able to do that against the Raiders. And they did have a bit of a wild scramble, but never got particularly close, and really got uh, pushed around in the second half. You know, it's that that stuff will happen. Um, am I surprised that it was the Raiders who did it? Yeah, but I, I guess I should, shouldn't be because they, you know they also did it to the Saints and. Every two, three weeks, it seems like they're capable of playing with anybody. I don't know that they're able to do that week in, week out yet, but they're certainly showing signs. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have had, you know, a weird schedule as well, and, and you know, I I think they, they have played some games where, um, I don't want to say they didn't respect the, the Raiders because they did, but... You know, they had the Monday night game against, you know, you got the first game of the year, the Thursday night, and yeah, Houston stinks, but it's still a rematch, and then you're at Baltimore on a Monday night, and that's big, and you know, you had the wild win over the Chargers when you didn't know if Herbert, you know, Herbert all of a sudden playing at the last second, and you know, they found a way to win that thing in overtime. I think they were due for a letdown of some sort, Excuse me. and clearly in the second half of that game, they seemed to have it.
1: We'll see if the Chiefs uh, pick up right where they left off after the loss to the Raiders. You brought up the Saints, team that the Raiders played well against as well. Uh, they were on Monday night. Um, yeah, Drew Brees got out of the gate slow and was getting stone-cold t- crushed on Twitter when he throws a first-half pick. But he gets a TD right before half and then comes out and looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback in the second half. The day after and the days after... Uh, it seemed to me most people remember the first half and just overlooked the second half that Drew Brees had. Is my critique of those who critique accurate? And if so, why do you think it played that way?
2: Well, I, I, I look, I, I think Drew Brees is not... Um, I, I think, in part, people focus on the mistakes because this is a guy who's been, um, for a long stretch of his career, the most accurate passer in the history of the game. Um, you know, this is a guy who has just been pr- pretty precise and um, uh, sort of a, a dead-eye type, you know. And if, if it is incomplete, it's usually because somebody ran the wrong route or somebody dropped the ball right in their hands. Um, I, I think we've seen Drew Brees hit the wall the last couple of seasons, and, and, and that's, you know, a, a reality. Um, even last year after, you know, getting five or six weeks on the sidelines because of the thumb, um it kind of was limping into the playoffs a little bit. So I I can understand people who look at him and and, and the Hall of Fame career he's had and say he's not up to his own. Um, He's never going to be the guy he was. I think that's fair. Father time is undefeated. Doesn't mean he still can't be a winning quarterback. Doesn't mean he still can't take games over for stretches. I don't know that he's a guy, though, who's going to – dominate for months on end you know he's not a guy you're going to hear mentioned in the mvp conversation anymore i i I think that stage of his career is over but they get mike thomas back and and you know we know that kamara can take games over and, and he's had to really carry a big load the last few weeks and um i worry about the defense you know it's it's not quite what i thought it would be or what it's been the last few years um I do have some concerns about that team. You know, I, I, I don't know that they're what they were a couple of years ago. We
1: saw a stable quarterback, saw the grotesque injury that uh, Dak Prescott suffered last week and the very severe surgery that he underwent. Uh, he has done for the year. But it is the kind of thing that players have recovered from mm-hmm. and gotten back to their previous level. Um any reason why anyone should be questioning the Cowboys and their commitment to Dak? The contract runs out. I said immediately when it happened, well, he's going to have to play under the franchise tag again next year, which is not a terrible thing. I know everybody wants the guarantees forever, but guaranteed 30-plus is not a bad thing in a single year. I don't think it's really changed his status with the Cowboys much. How about you?
2: No, I agree. I I don't think it's going to change a whole heck of a lot. And uh, I also don't think it changes a ton for that team. Like they were going to win six, seven, eight games with him, the way they were um, playing, and, and they'll probably still end up winning those, you know, that number. And the defense is going to continue to be horrible. Um, they've got to win time of possession. They've got to find ways to slow the game down and keep the defense off the field. Um, and Andy Dalton is very capable. It's not going to be as prolific as it was with Dak, and, and, and nor should it because it, the, the way game flow is going right now. Um, they're going to have to score fifty a game to win, and that's just not tenable. Uh, so I, I think you know they're a flawed outfit that can compete with teams in their flawed division, and you know either they or Philadelphia will come come out of there with the right tiebreakers and the right six, seven, or eight wins. It's not going to take any more than that. Uh, and then you know yeah they'll have to reassess in the off season, but I I don't I don't think. Um, there should be much concern, really any concern, about him not being a part of their future.
1: Agreed. We're talking to Jason LaComfora here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, the most intriguing team in the National Football League, and it may just be the best team in the National Football League, too, is the Seattle Seahawks. Unbelievable MVP-like quarterback play, prolific offense led by Russell Wilson, and a defense that is a stone-cold sieve. And teams are running up yards and points on him on a week in, week out basis. And Russell just seems to outdo whatever defensive shortcomings his teammates put up there. How long can he keep this up? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I mean, look, he's he's been this guy for a while. Um, he, he's he's one of the. It's just it's one of the real bizarre things in recent NFL history is this guy has never been a part of an MVP conversation. That's nuts. Um, He's he's special. I mean, he's, I think, the last, since the start of uh, 20, in the last three-plus years, he's like, has 20 more passing touchdowns than anybody else, and his interception percentage is like 1.2. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal, and he can take games over himself, and he does quite often. And, you know, maybe they do something before the deadline to help that defense a little bit, but it's, it's, not going to be an overhaul. Um, I think they know who they are, and they understand their flaws, and the only way to overcome it, in their instance, um, is to let that guy shine, and to let Russ cook, and to come out throwing on first down, throwing early in games, in situations where they didn't in the past, um, and, and run every bit of that offense through him, instead of making sure that three different running backs each get their 10 carries. So uh, They are a fun team, I do worry, you know, again, when you get to January and defense tends to shine and you've got to face three or four straight elite quarterbacks in a row, can they? is that going to be too much for Russ to overcome? Um, but, boy, you know, he, he, nobody's doing it better than him.
1: Jason, last couple of weeks we have seen coaches told their responsibilities are no longer necessary. Uh, first, Bill O'Brien gets the boot down in Houston, followed rightfully so by Dan Quinn and Atlanta. Who is this week's firing? Or did we get the two out of the way and now we'll probably go a month or so? Or so no, I,
2: I think there's certainly situations that bear monitoring. Um, you know, the Jets, the Lions. Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, I, I would, If I was a betting man, I would bet on at least two more in-season firings.
1: Okay, and if any of those guys got the hook, I would not. You would not hear me complain. One I owed. All right. Last thing. Um, if you could only watch one game tomorrow, and your choices were the four and one Browns at the four and zero Steelers. Were well, the four and Packers at the three and two Bucks? Rodgers against Brady. Which game would you watch?
2: Um, I mean, I guess the, the Rogers and Brady have only faced each other three times before. Who knows how many more times are to come? Um, given where Tom is, and you know, the Packers coming off a bye, as well as they played um, Tampa. You know, having halves where first half against Carolina, second half against the Chargers, where they look completely unstoppable, but other times where that offense has been out of sorts. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history hooking up for possibly the last time.
1: Enjoy that one. Enjoy them all tomorrow. Uh, appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much, Jason. We'll talk to you again down the road.
2: My pleasure. Thank you. Have a good night.
1: Jason LaCompara, CBS NFL Insider for both uh, CBS TV and dot-com, lending us some week six insight here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better